Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Freddie Rivas, and um, who, sir, are you? Producer Matt Duncan, here in the flesh, having a good time. Uh, Freddie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've uh, missed basketball so much, and um, I, I've, I watched the first two quarters of, uh, of some scrimmage games, and I'm super excited for the Raptors. Um, but Matt, we have a little bit of news. Uh, yeah. Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to tell the folks? Sure, I'll tell the folks. Uh, we have. It's sw- gonna be it, a dad. Yeah. <laughs> um. We have switched our hosting platform once again. This is our third and hopefully final time we do that. This doesn't affect your listening at all, so don't worry about that. The only other thing is we now have a link to our new host, uh, which is Anchor on our website, and you can also listen there if you want, but you can continue listening on whatever podcatcher you want. Go to dunkspodcast.com. You can listen there and whatever podcatcher, of course, and we have all our links and stuff there as well. Awesome. As per um, usual. Yeah, we got we got all the good stuff. And yeah. uh, we might have some more exciting news coming in August. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, we're going to try and, you know, stay focused here as we move on to enjoying basketball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, police brutality is still an epidemic. We still need to defund the police. And um, and the movement is a. Uh, it's not a moment. It is a movement and it's not over at all. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're just going to recommend uh, everyone um, who listens to this podcast uh, before or after, uh, if you haven't check out the Tobias Harris clip in Orlando. Um, he, uh, I mean, I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but um, he's not talking about basketball and uh, yeah, he's talking about um, well, he's talking about Brianna Taylor and uh and her, the, 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 the people that killed her, her murder is still being at large. Um, so, so yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's going to continue, um, the fight and, uh, these political messages, uh, these, these messages about, about black lives and, uh, police brutality, uh, are going to continue. And that's amazing. And, um, yeah, we Let's just all share them, retweet them, uh, learn and and listen and use this opportunity to kind of stay focused on uh, equality during this time as uh, basketball comes back. Sorry, yeah. Matt, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, we're just, you know, we're looking for a little justice here. No biggie. So just uh, arrest those cops that killed Brianna Taylor and we can get some justice, hopefully for her family and for her and uh and i'm you know i'm looking forward to seeing now that basketball is back we know that you know we're already seeing the slogans and stuff like that and and you know that they're there's they're gonna be making a statement these players because because the the they they know they know the stage they're on and they are you know ready to use that stage 
I'm excited. Yep. And that's uh, it's true of the WNBA players as well. Um, so make sure, you know, with all your socials and all that, all that good shit to, um, you know, promote uh, their messages, uh, help their causes. And uh, let's try and elevate uh, black women and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and black sport. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get going and um, dive right into the excitement here. Uh, Matt, if you feel like we're ready to do this podcast, would you please just say the words okay? Okay! Okay, let's, uh, let's bring on guest number one. Um, I think we've met in person, but I don't know. We have a bunch of mutual friends. We're hardcore basketball fans. Right now, we're both wearing a We the North shirt, although his is much nicer than mine. Mine's like a, it's one of those kind of like bummy ones. But um, yeah, he works for the Criterion Collection. Uh, I don't know if I already said this, but I don't know if he's in New York City right now or in Toronto. Regardless, I hope he's safe. Give it up at home as loud as you can for Daniel Reese. I don't hear the music, but I'm just dancing. Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same. I just try and feel it. Yeah, know, yeah. Pretend there's music. <laughs> can you not hear it at all? We can't hear it at all, I Matt. Can, I but can't we trust hear it you. All, Matt. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, Dan Fraser um, to grooving, so so did I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, uh, what's up? Not thanks much. For, thanks for doing the pod. Thank you very much. I am here in Brooklyn, and we are staying safe and sound as much as, much as we can. Nice. That's um, good. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to those scrimmages, but me and you, we're, we're recording. Uh, two of the scrimmages have already started, so so me and you are already watching basketball. It's uh, massively cathartic, uh, and we have no complaints. Fair, fair. So I'm I've been surprised at how little complaints I've had just today. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll amass many complaints <laughs> in the coming minutes, hours, days. Um, okay, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, it is my older brother. Sadly, he is a few inches shorter than I am uh, after all these years. But um, yeah, he's awesome. He's a hardcore basketball fan. Uh, I'll always be taller than him. No worries there. But uh, give it up as loud as you can for Miguel Rivas. <laughs> also, also the, uh, I went to get my coffee. Samba is playing right now. <laughs> Blobby Samba, is that what we're... Yeah, Correct. Oh, and you remembered. I love it. I love it. I think you're the only guest who actually knows the name of their own song. It's such a memorable name. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Freddie, Uh, I don't think you know how height works because I remain taller than you as I always have been. Okay. And there will never be a time that you are taller than me unless I develop some sort of ailment. Fair uh, enough. Where I'll where I'll be bent over slowly over the years. Okay. And I'm taller than you now, and I always will be. And you know, that's how, just how it's always going to be. Fair enough. Uh, to each their own. Um, let's uh, we'll agree to disagree. Agree yeah, to disagree. We'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Um, but uh, I look down on you. I'm crazy tall in the mornings. Cause like my spine stretches out overnight, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. no worries there. Um, okay. Let's I'm get tall in the morning. I'm tall in the morning, noon and night. So, all right. Well, uh, difference there. I think people want to hear some, some Raptors talk. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's just, just, just jump right into it. Matt, if you got a Raptor sting, <laughs> give it to us. We're in Neverland now. So we're just going to, we're with you. For the win! I'm assuming it's playing. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm trying to react to like. I'll point to you when it's done. I don't know why you can't hear this. 
Matt's giving himself a nice editing task later now. Oh my God. Um, okay, guys, let's, uh, let's go for it on Raptor stuff. Um, Daniel, I'll start with you. Uh, and let me just set this question up uh, as clearly as possible. Uh, Perkins recently kind of just went for it and said Pascal Siakam is a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, and uh, I think it's pretty close, but it's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm there. Um, I, I thought maybe we could kind of like hash it out together. So uh, I'm just going to list off like the seven players I think who for sure without a doubt are better than Siakam that are not in this season in a meaningful way. So I'm going to throw out KD, you know, if you think Kyrie's better, uh, guys who are John wall, you know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to say LeBron, Kawhi, Pascal, Doncic, Harden, Jokic, and then already I start to get confused. Wait, did you just say Pascal in that list? Oh, I might've said Pascal instead of AD. AD, right. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. So I think I get to seven or eight really quick. And then other guys in my head are kind of like um, who I'm debating. And, 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 and Daniel, please interrupt me with where I'm like the most homerish, but I don't see it with Jimmy Butler. I think Jason Tatum is very close, but I, he's not someone I would say hands down is better than Siakam. Um, and then actually, you know what? I'll throw Embiid in there. Embiid is someone who I think is hands down better than Pascal Siakam. I'll throw Embiid out of there and say no. Uh, okay, not, okay, not this makes me feel season. good. Not this season. I think that, you know, heading into 2019, 2020, the question was, what is Embiid's consistently, consistency going to be like? Because we've seen the flashes, we've seen the highs, but we've also seen the lows. And this season, I mean, it was pretty early on when he had that donut game when he was being so expertly guarded by Marcus All. So, oh, I was there in person. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't think that, you know, the, the work ethic, the dedication, these are all things that can come to him and he's remarkably talented and I think he can get there, but whether it was adding Al Horford to the team, whether it was losing Jimmy Butler, whether it was Brett Brown, not really evolving or developing as a coach, the way that he could or should with this amount of talent on the roster, he just hasn't day in and day out proven to be a top 10 player this season. But I think he can get there. But I would put Siakam in there over him right now just because of him demonstrating consistency night in, night out. I love it. Okay, so who, you know, Paul George, like who, who am I just not really giving respect to? Like who, who do you think, Daniel, like, like is there a player that comes to mind right away? Like, uh, sorry, I love Siakam, but this guy's way better. I would still put Damian Lillard in the top 10 right now, um, not only for this season, but also the body of work. And okay, that's fair. They, and they're, they ha- they're below 500 right now, I believe. They're in that um, category of Western Conference teams that will have to like get within four wins or whatever to, to do that tournament to get into the playoffs. Yeah. But as a leader um, and as a scorer, he does, he does Steph Curry-like things a lot of the time. And I've been listening to and reading so much just about his leadership off the court as well, that he's not a guy with an ego, even though he is a guy with, uh, with an understanding of his talent, that he helps his teammates um, at least have the confidence. Maybe he's not like 
the quintessential like helps his teammates get better in the sense that like a LeBron can do or like a Magic Johnson can do. But I think that he still is like it, among my top ten favorite guys or or people that I think are great right now. Um, yeah, unfortunately yeah. to Pascal. Yeah. No, no, that's that's pretty fair, and I think the body of work you know, is, is key there because yes, it is just this season, but I think, you know, this season plus what he's done and Miguel, I'm going to jump to you to see if there's any players that, that come to you, but let me also just throw you this question. Speaking of body work, could you imagine hitting a, like a, a shot like Damian Lillard did to send the thunder home and have this magical moment to then have Kawhi hit a much <laughs> crazier <laughs> shot? And, and like, I guess, I don't think the Damien Lillard shot would be forgotten, but man, that's rough. There was something about the, like, the how ready for the gram that shot was. He, like, hits it and runs over and he's just, like, looking yeah, right into that the camera. Face wonderful. I, it was fun and stuff, but maybe it feels, like, less organic or relatable than Kawhi's shot, where he hits yeah, a shot. Yeah, Kawhi's and like, like, I haven't said like, a word. In- <laughs> like, yeah. he just, like, exploded with emotion. Maybe that's more, like, what people like in sports i don't know rather than the showmanship as people always say although but but the dame lil shot is like an all-timer for me but um you know I, i forget if you said this name and if you didn't i think it's debatable i don't know that he's like enormously demonstrably better than siakam but i think westbrook i think you have to talk about russell westbrook and say you know yes he has bad leadership skills supposedly or you know he's this he's this type of teammate or that type of teammate but you're talking about body of work and like yep. expectation and delivery. I mean, if Pascal's better than Westbrook, that's saying something. And I think, I think it's probably more debatable than like for sure Westbrook's better, but you know, I think it's definitely in the conversation. No, for sure. And um, yeah, because Westbrook's very impactful. He's been an MVP and then also was adjusting for half the season with Houston only to come on in an incredibly impressive fashion. Uh, actually, the, uh, this is making me think that, that is CP3 one of these guys? Or is Maybe. Pascal a bit more impactful than him right now? Although, I don't know. Because when, you, when you're a conductor of an offense, like well, what, I, what I find confusing in terms of like rating Pascal with guys like Tatum or, or whomever, even like Lowry, who's had an incredible, incredible season, is Pascal's like roving Draymond-like def- defense now is to me so elite that most of the most of the best players you're comparing him against, he's better on defense than short of like AD and Kawhi. And so you know if you're comparing to- him to Paul George, he's better on defense than Paul George. You know, and, if and you're you comparing know what- him to CP3, Russ, way better. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say like, this is still all it's weirdly still, we have a huge body of work to look at from Siakam now from, from before the pandemic, but it's, it's still the middle of his like theoretical ascension to a top 10 player. And I think his, his like time to prove it or to like really certify where he is in this conversation is going to be being a number one option in the playoffs. It's just so different being a number one option throughout the season as you scout and play different teams. But as you like make adjustments and stuff, we'll we'll see how easily he can still get off like top of the break shots and broken down play shots, you know? And I think if he's hitting those, uh, any kind of a consistent clip, he can, you can easily rate him above all these players. But um, for Pascal to 
like become clearly better than someone like Westbrook or CP3 or Tatum or whatever. I think I think we're going to get that sample size now in the playoffs and it's going to be him adjusting to switching defenses multiple games in a row and how many times he can score on broken down plays. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe in him, but I think it's still like he has to do it. And I don't think the regular season was it yet, you know, as, mm-hmm. as amazing as it was. Okay, Miguel, let's yeah. uh, let's stick with you. Not the end, not the end at all. Um, okay, so the the Raptors are they have their first scrimmage on Friday. This is amazing. It's against the Houston Rockets. What besides Russell Westbrook are you hoping to see in that game? <laughs> um, I'm I'm definitely hoping to see like um, connected defense amongst the team. Like I actually don't give a give a hoot if they really like run a lot of successful plays or even if Siakam like scores 30 points or whatever, I want to see that they still have that like super communication kind of all in each other's heads vibe on defense. And if that's there right out of the gate in a scrimmage, I think we can get like really excited really fast about the Raptors again. Yeah. Um, Daniel, what do you want to see in the first scrimmage? Against the team like the Rockets, I want to see how the Raptors react to another team that has a distinct, such a distinct style of play. Um, even though it has been evolving over the course of the season, I want to see if the Raptors and Nick Nurse will want to set the pace or match the pace or try mm. to break up or muck up whatever the Rockets want to do. Uh, and I think that in the past, you know, the Rockets over the years have vacillated from being like an incredibly fast team, to being a very slow team, being ISO heavy to being lots of lots of things so it's just a matter of what do we set the tone or do we match the tone yeah no i think it's a that's a great point um because when we played houston that first time nurse was you know kind of like getting high on his own you know mythology there because we had shut down lillard and Kawhi kind of and not really Doncic but lebron a bit and like all these major stars and then I remember watching that game being like, this is totally absurd because he was getting OG to basically face guard Durant at or uh, Harden at half court. So it became this thing where it was like four on three for the whole game. And we ended up losing and it wasn't really close, but you can tell nurse was like, I wanted to try that. So yeah. And it was like, I mean, I'm super interested to see, yeah, if we're pushing the agenda and as far, as far as like stylistically or, if just by nature and the way that, you know, you have to kind of wall, ball watch Harden, whether he, you know, he, he takes a, a step back three or finds an open man kind of like forces you to play a certain way. Um, okay. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to stick with you here. Uh, what was my last question here? Um, right. Oh yeah. Uh, just that uh, this entire team is healthy. It's wild. And I think particularly ironic during uh, a global plague, uh, but the whole team is healthy. Uh, Gasol, you know, all the nagging injuries, everything's gone. Um, the only person who I still am, I'm unsure of is Duan Hernandez. His one might still be hurt. I hope it's not. <laughs> He's a uh, ghost. Duan. Uh, ghost. Don't worry. And, and I think it's Duan. Sorry. I Duan. Say always say Duan. Matt, Matt will bust me. I'll and I bust you every time. Him. You bust me. It's good. <laughs> Doing. Um, yeah. You know, Dewey. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Daniel, like, who do you think, you know, the, the seven man rotation is fairly set um, with, with uh, Norm and Ibaka coming off the bench, uh, but you have Davis, McCaw, Boucher, Rondé. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is making a serious push for that, you know, eight, eight spot, but you you know, all, all those four guys, none of them wants to be number 11 right? The guy who basically won't get called on. So, you know, through this scrimmage, uh, these scrimmage games in the kind of like eight games leading up, who do you think has the best opportunity to, to prove themselves? And, it, you know, if you can't think of someone for that spot, it could also be like, Hey, maybe Norm pushes Fred out of the starting lineup. I would have, I would have to say, I'll cheat it. Two very quick answers. One is for a player that already is being used a lot. And what they can do, I think, by nature of him being in a contract year, uh, Freddie um, can demonstrate if he's going to be the future point guard, starting point guard of the Raptors. Because we only have one more year of Lowry on the book, whether or not we will keep him. And Fred obviously demonstrated the back end of last year's playoffs, what he was able to accomplish. And kept that pretty solid season this year, too. So with these playoffs, it's like, how much more can he go? And can he really be the number one guy for us going forward? And for a player that is has lower use rate and has an opportunity, I love guys like Terrence Davis and other players. But Rondé, I think, is a unique position because he, on defense, can just be like, in the same way that in the stance they call, dunk, uh, they call the Dennis Rodman and a muck-it-up guy, the fuck-it-up guy. Mm-hmm. Rondé can kind of have that energy on defense. And also, I was just looking at his basketball reference page today. He has terms of his three-point shooting. It is truly, truly bad three-point shooting. So if you see a, 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 a threat in the corner, that's all we're asking. Like, he's, I think, uh, shooting at like 111 or something like that this season. If he can make it up to like 250 wow. just to be a threat, that would just open things up too. One eleven from three, or like like so basically ten percent. <clears throat> like, yeah, that's 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 Shaquille O'Neal numbers. That yeah, that's, that's profoundly bad. But he is that wrecking ball style guy, and um, through my boredom uh, in 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 all this kind of like downtime during the pandemic, I've watched most of the greatest comebacks in NBA history. And Rondé is part of like three of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He, he has two of them for the nets and one of them for, he, he was on the floor, the whole Dallas run. It was basically him, Boucher, McCaw, Lowry, wow. basically Lowry scored every point, which is insane. Um, but yeah, Miguel, what do you, you know, who, who has kind of like, ground or, you know, who can kind of make an impression and, and gain some space. I think, uh, I think Dan hit it there mostly. Um, like I think Terrence Davis is definitely going to be used more than he was in the past. Um, but what, what I want to say is like, that is so interesting is that the teams that are in this bubble, like the Raptors have a 17 man roster, right? I think this time is more important than ever to be one of those guys on the end and end of the bench and feel like you may actually be super necessary because they can't just swing people in and out of the bubble really quickly. So you might be like, like, you know, at the end of the, you know, uh, 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 Lloyd from last year or whatever, he, he was sitting on the bench. He's a guy in a suit. He doesn't expect to play, 
But I think those guys are all going to be super ready by comparison to what they, they, they are in another scenario. So I think like everyone probably feels really special. And knowing that, I think you're going to get like some huge performances out of some guys. And I think Terrence Davis is going to work his way in. And I think there's a strong chance that Matt Thomas might get used in a specialty scenario. Right, Matt Thomas. In one or two playoff series in a way that's like, you know, he's, he's looked randomly semi-capable of handling himself on defense. Like tie, the littlest bit to, to stay on the floor. And if he does that, I could see them bringing him in a bunch. Yeah. Like M- Matt Thomas, Stanley Johnson. No, Stanley and- Johnson. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who else is like, who else is like that end of the bench guy? Um, hey. What's that? O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea. O'Shea. Well, he he the, can play. Those three are going to have furious spike ball games like when they're you know just hanging out in the in the luxurious like disneyland resorts they're going to be hyper competitive oh uh, O'Shea could work it in though too i forgot about him he could easily get worked into the rotation yeah i think he had like a you know a breakout like 11 point game this year which is not a slight in any way for like a 20 year old player that's on a two-way contract like and O'Shea i think it's from markham I was going to say Mississauga. I forget. Oh yeah, my Mississauga. Um, well, uh, yeah. By by the next pod, we'll have watched a few Raptors scrimmages. This is this is amazing. It's incredible. Um, Do you think Dewan Hernandez is like is like a voodoo doll, and he's there to just like absorb everyone else's injuries? So I he think is so. Like a, stick him on there, and there's like some sort of mystical agreement where he will be the only one to get injured, and he's just injured permanently. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> think so. He, he's doing his work then. He's some version of like the you know the giver or sorry the bubble needs uh, the giver. You know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> the giver type, but like for pain. So like he doesn't get to heal anybody or hear their secrets. Just like he feels each ACL like pain, like each, each pain that everyone's, is that, is that, is that what Joan of Arc's deal was? You know what? I'm I'm going to get, okay, cheers. I'm going to get into really bad, um, uh, not knowing much about history, uh, uh, the ROM's coming after you. Rom? The Rom's coming after you. Oh, see, see, I thought I was. Rom? I thought Rom was a person, and I was like, "Oh my God!" See, I'm, I am so ignorant. Yikes! Rom Emmanuel is going to be pissed at you, <laughs> well, Mister Rom. It does I beg the question. What, so sorry. It does beg the question. What would Joan of Arc's game be like? Now, I, I probably <laughs> have great court vision. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, good at communicating with uh, with her coach. You know, just like she communicated with God. Uh, not management. Not management. Not no. Yeah, <laughs> not a great relationship with the front office. We should say. <laughs> I'd say like a Westbrook comp would be good because <laughs> they would be like, "Follow me. I'm getting a triple double." And then be like, "Oh, is that necessary?" And it'd be like, "I'm getting a triple double." <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff, Matt. We're with you if you're with us. Give us that beautiful (laughs) NBA sting. National National Basketball Basketball Association. I don't remember what's and we're back. (laughs) All right. Was that smooth or was that smooth? I don't know why you can't hear it. Um, No boy. The funny part is we all can hear it. We're just 
magnificent oh. actors. Yeah. Fucking with me. Um, we're, we're effing with you, Matt. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about kind of just the significance of people not returning to the bubble uh, or um, players that have gone and had to leave, like, uh, you know, Zion, Montrez, uh, Montrez O'Harrell. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll just throw to you first, Daniel. Um, and we can do a rundown of, uh, of, of kind of players we are unsure of or whatever. But... Uh, what do you think the the most significant loss is so far? And it doesn't have to be to a a contender just for any team, any person not showing up. It's like, that's a blow. I think, and it's not even really a loss. It's just more of a toss up and a mystery is what exactly, how exactly Victor Oladipo is going to be used on the Pacers. Um, Because I believe that he's had more than one position on the issue, which he's allowed to have in these days. Yep. But whether or not he'll be there just to help practice, whether he'll be there as kind of, you know, uh, emotional support for the rest of the team, or whether he actually does feel fit enough to play. Obviously, he's coming off a pretty dating injury, and maybe with the unique pressure cooker setting of the bubble might not be the ideal situation for him to get back onto the court. But that Pacers team um, is definitely not the same without him, even though for the first half of the season, they did demonstrate to be competitive without him. Yeah. I think in a playoff situation yep. like this it's going to be more apparent where his playmaking and his scoring uh is missed no that's a that's a great answer because i think that um they hadn't perfectly gelled yet but that's kind of because of brogdon having nagging injuries the whole season and old depot recovering from this like extremely complicated quad issue very similar to Kawhi's injury um yeah, so I think I think how he gels, how he kind of participates or not participates with the team will be huge. And let's not forget, they're, I think, fifth in the East. So they could move as yeah. well. And, you know, Oladipo is going to have a big say in whether the Pacers kind of like become this team that's in the sixth seed. That's not really good. Or maybe they press the heat a bit for home court. Uh, so the Pacers are definitely like a, a pretty big wildcard team and an old Depot for sure is their wildcard player. Um, Miguel, what do you, what do you think? Is there a, uh, I think there's significant two, loss. I think there's two scenarios that kind of interest me the most. Um, and it's not, one's obviously not to a contender, but I think, whatever we're going to see out of Brooklyn is going to be super fascinating because they're just like gutted. Their whole team has been stripped away and they were never going to contend in any way, but it's this kind of like fun scenario where Jamal Crawford and all these dudes are going to come back and get a chance to play playoff NBA basketball in this, I don't want to say special, but unique scenario in the bubble. Um, So I'm really curious to see like what, just what Brooklyn even runs out on the floor and how competitive they are, if at all. Uh, but I think they were easily the most disrupted team in terms of a roster. But I'm also super fascinated by the Lakers losing Rondo and uh, Bradley. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's this obvious, obviously pretty provable scenario that LeBron can drag like a bunch of lumps to the playoffs and to the finals and into a ring. And he has Davis now. So do they need anyone else? Well, we're going to find out because they just keep getting stripped down as well. So I'm like really curious to see if the Lakers can be dominant with just swinging in any guards they can find off the replacement list. Uh, or if, if they kind of, it kind of like affects them a lot and makes them easier to beat. Yeah. Um, 
so I, the guy, my, my guy, I was, you know, I was trying to come up with a clever answer, uh, but just watching the, the first quarter of that first game, seeing that the big rotation is Joaquin Noah for the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. And he looked okay. Um, and who knows? He might be great. Um, but and I think Mar- in the background right now. What's that? It's 88-82 for the Clippers right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I thought you were like me and Miguel live in the same area. And for some reason I thought he was pointing me to like a shared view of lightning, <laughs> which is not real. No, no one no, could ever no, do that. No, you couldn't no. time it out. That's not how lightning <laughs> that's, works. At that's all. how, tw- that's how twins communicate. We are not twins. Yeah. Just and, simply your older brother who is slightly taller than you. Right. And, um, and lightning for sure doesn't work like that. So let's focus on right. that. Um, okay. But uh yeah, no, I think I think Harold, you know, I don't want to overdo it, but he's a fairly significant part of their team. So I think that that could actually I hate to say this because I don't want the Clippers to do well, but I think it could be this kind of like forced training for Noah. And then the record's not gonna matter that much. They'll finish in second or third. And you know, he'll Harold will come back and they'll kind of have this extra deep team similar to the Raptors. Um, but just a sneaky extra point, a guy I'm so excited to see uh, that I just heard about returning and it's not for sure yet, but it's Andre Roberson of OKC. So he's been injured and unlucky and he hasn't played basketball like, like an NBA game. Forget what the, the day count was, but it's something like 450 days. Wow. Like, like you just by series of unluck and, and kind of like health mishaps, he has not played on a basketball court for such a long time, but is in Orlando. So uh, uh, I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, and, and OKC, I think, is a fun, plucky team as well in this bubble. But um, do, you think, do you think that a team like, speaking of big men like Clippers, I feel like there's the Clippers and Boston specifically are teams that people are like, these are major contenders, but they don't have any bigs. And you got, you got Philly, Toronto, and the Lakers, at the very least, who play very large. So how, do, how, are, how are those teams expected to – doesn't that seem like a major glaring weakness, or am I overthinking that? Well, I mean, I, I've been saying this all year, but I think we're still in a post-Golden State world. So everyone's thinking about basketball as, okay, so you got your Draymond, and then everyone else can shoot the three. And it's like, there is no team like that. There's no team that has that design. There's no team that has players that can shoot like Clay and Steph yeah. and Durant. Um, so I think, yeah, like big banging basketball is going to have a, a a part of this playoffs. Like we played big against Philly. Um, Milwaukee's huge. But, you know, just to... Yeah, Milwaukee's huge. Just to defend the Clippers a little bit. You know, Zubats, Harrell, Noah, they're fine for bigs. I think Tice being like 6'8", and that being their... Boston's tallest player that to me, I mean that Boston Philly series in the first round, if it happens will be interesting. Cause I think it will be, it will, that will be like a, like a, like Daniel was saying about the, uh, the Rockets um, Raptors scrimmage. That will be a forced stylistic game. Uh, okay. Not That's, only that, uh, but on the Celtics, I think Kemba's knee isn't like 100% is what I'm hearing. Really? Yeah, I heard that too. Like after all this time that his knee maybe still isn't great. I mean, Kemba is 
I think like 31 or so, like when he signed that Boston contract, it's not like it was a 27 year old, um, still with a bunch of his, yeah. a bunch of his prime left. Um, but, uh, okay. Let's like, they're, they're doing end of season awards, which is, is kind of weird, uh, because the season's not over, but also I, I feel like it makes sense. Cause you, you know, have a bunch of teams not there. Uh, so what I thought I'd do is kind of give both of you, my my all NBA teams and and we can do awards another show and I also think this year there's a bunch of easy awards um I think there's still there's some trickier yeah, so. ones but um yeah uh so I'm just gonna launch into I'll, I'll do first team first and then we'll, we'll we'll just kind of like work it back like that uh so list the five and then we'll see if there's any objections and, we'll, and kind of move on from there uh okay so first team all NBA. Um, and, and the caveat here for listeners and um, for, for either of you, if, if you need a reminder, but uh, there's, there's still vagaries around positions, but the hardest rule for whatever reason is still a center. You need a center so you can shift. You can do some shifting around in terms of guards and forwards as a lot of guys play both. But um, anyways, uh, with, with that caveat, um, so my first team is Luca, Harden, LeBron, Giannis, Jokic. Hit me, no hit me with it. There. No, no complaints there. No complaints. Unless if you're, you're talking about category categorization, like now, does he, he may not start games as a center, but does he finish games as a center? I'm trying to recall. I think I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. That, yeah. If it's just based on the amount of minutes you play, then I would put A there over Jokic, even though Jokic is remarkably, they have different skills. Um, but Jokic also like perennially starts off slow in the season. And I think this one, especially uh, now that said, like you know, we've all seen uh, skinny Jokic uh, in the bubble over the past year, or actually it wasn't even in the bubble. I think this was before his COVID diagnosis when he was still back, back home. But um, I would say it's a toss-up for me between AD and Jokic, uh, depending on how many minutes have to go in which position, where, wherever. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. And just a, a shout out to Skinny Jokic. One of the first <laughs> things I heard on like watching the scrimmage um, before before we started the pod was one of the Denver broadcasters was like, "Skinny Jokic, I don't see it." And I was like, this guy sucks. Like we've been away for six months and you're the Denver guy. And it's like, that's the first thing you say. It's like, I want to give that guy a smack. Oh, the, din of, the din of the crowd usually drowns out my more offensive comments. <laughs> that was supposed to be under my breath. But um, yeah, just, just back to the AD thing. I think that's, that, that's pretty fair. He probably logs enough center minutes and his defense is so remarkable. And the Lakers do you know, you have to give them credit. Like I tried to weigh in winning here as much as possible. And I gave Jokic some points for being in third place, but similar to the Bucks, the Lakers do have a, a substantial lead on second place. Uh, so I think that, you know, that really speaks to AD uh, as well. Okay, here we go. Uh, team number two. And we'll, we'll see how this goes because I, I'm not even sure. Um, so here Just we go. Stirring it up. Stirring yeah. it up. CP3, Kyle Lowry, Kawhi, AD, Gobert. 
Okay, here, here's something. Does How many minutes does Giannis play at center? Can he qualify as the center for, for the first team? Or does he only play forward? Or does he play forward like super predominantly? I think so, because I think... They, they play so many minutes with Brooke Lopez yeah, as opposed right. to the Lakers kind of shuffle around Howard and JaVale. Right. Cause I was wondering if, cause Kawhi being on the second team kind of feels weird. Like he could be bumped up to the first team if, if that. Yeah. But, but although Kawhi is kind of an easy one for me because like he has not had a better season than LeBron or Giannis. Like to Definitely me by not. any, cause to me, Definitely those not. two are the, or that's them. Like, you know, it's Giannis, but I think LeBron is, uh, he's kind of wiggled his way, maybe past Harden as, as the runner up. But is, uh, is Kawhi maybe more, is he more deserving of first team position list discussion here, but than AD or Jokic is Kawhi more deserving of being on first team. I would say it's really close because his production has been upped and he's played more games right? than, than, his, than assist, give it to Raptors. his assists are crazy this year. What do you think, Dan? I think not, I wouldn't put him over AD, but I would put him over if we're going strictly positionless. Uh, and I'm trying right. to recall how many games he's played this year, but the amount of games is one of the reasons I take issue with third team when we get to that. Ooh, okay. Just, just previewing good. some of the spice. But, you know, CP3, <laughs> I think, definitely belongs there. The fact that OKC is over 500 um, yeah. is, is, I think, a huge testament to, to him, for sure. I went to the game this year where, against uh, Oklahoma, and it was like, I was kind of one of those people being like, maybe CP3 is kind of not what he used to be. And he absolutely destroyed the Raptors. If you remember that game, down the stretch, he just kept scoring over and over. And it was like... Oh man, he he's still very, very, very capable of like run and being the primary option, even you know. Yeah, and and OKC as well. You know, they started off the year being like, oh, this cheeky team, they're in seventh, and then they made a serious run to be like, oh, they might get home court, um, and yeah. they still might. They're in fifth, so that's why I think the CP3 thing for me is kind of like this guy really is winning ball games, and and OKC like the Raptors is really kind of like multi talented. Um, Wait, I think, I think, okay, I might have made a mistake here in my own list, but uh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my third team is uh, Dame, Russ, PG, Middleton, and Embiid, but I'm just going to very quickly audible Siakam over PG. That's what I was going to say. I mean, oh, really? I mean, he's missed 22, 64 games, so he, he's only played about 65%. I mean, I can't really blame that entirely on him because of his shoulder injury. But like you said, his D year has not been as good as Pascal's. His offensive output has been as good as Pascal's. I think for this year, it's slot in Pascal over PG. And, and I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I totally agree. And I'm also going to audible myself again. <laughs> And say I'm going to put Tatum over Russell Westbrook because basically for me, it's like a point guard, three, four or three guard forwards and the center. Um, you know what because, else? You know what else I would do? I would bump, I would bump Dame Lil down to the third team. No, he's, on, he's on my third team. Oh, sorry. I thought you had him on the second team. And I think their record may, just excludes them from going anywhere near there. Yeah, because his numbers are yeah. just ungodly. But it's funny, I was looking at like 
you know, Trey Young, Steph Curry, and Dame Lillard's numbers. And, and just thinking about like how much does that style produce winning and how much does it rely on having mm. weapons and, and that sort of thing. And I, I mean, I, I don't have an answer to that necessarily, but um, you know, you look at Trey Young's numbers and it's kind of like, Oh, this is ridiculous. Like he's as good as Steph, but then it's like, well, his team's heinous. So there's- <laughs> but it took Steph took Steph six years to get there and into a proper situation. For I sure. think a more like a, a more appropriate question is like, who do you think can, could drag a team farther Westbrook or Lillard? Mm. Well, we know that answer to that question. (laughs) Westbrook. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Um, so funny that like during the regular season, like I think there were always such battles. Yeah. One-on-one battles. And broken and Westbrook. Even though it's very fun. I'm like, I've been busting your ass for years. And so I think it was particularly sweet for Dame to elate uh, in the first round. Yeah. It just that just wasn't the matchup for them that year, but um, what one also like quick thing is the player that we, that wanted to take off, but my head said I actually can't take this guy off. I have to respect him. Is Chris Middleton, and he was the guy just because being the Bucks, you know, obviously we want to beat the Bucks in the conference. I said like, of course Pascal is better than Middleton, and I think it's a lot closer than I would at first blush like Middleton deserves to be there. The Bucks deserve to have more of the player there. And Middleton, especially when you look at the advanced stats, he is legit. Yeah, he's incredible. He, he and he often, you know, similar to Danny Green last year and OG this year, takes all of the most important defensive assignments to give Giannis a break. Um, and you know, their system there, Giannis is still the best defender in the NBA, I think, but, um, the way to give him a break, Middleton is guarding people. And, and even though Bledsoe as is, is really good in the regular season and plays excellent defense, Middleton is just like a Kevin Durant style three point shooter who just gives your team a component that is kind of unstoppable. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about my my all NBA picks. I definitely more than all star or anything else. I really am. I wait winning, um, and I think it would have been trickier for me. Like one person I thought about a bunch was Steph Curry, and I was kind of like, no, I'm sorry, yeah. you you can't lose but, that bat. Like you're Towns Curry, but you you're, have, you're Towns until you're not. You have two heavy two heavy snubs though. You have two heavy snubs if you account winning into it, which is Butler and Simmons, Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. I know everyone's like mad at that. He does this and that, but to me, he is emerging and like, he's someone in the playoffs that I'm excited to watch, like figure some stuff out when he was coming into the league. I was so high on Ben Simmons and he's like had a missteps here and there, but I still believe like he is a matchup nightmare when everything is rolling his way. And he's really great at defense. So to me, it's it's hard to not have Simmons at least on third team here, especially if you take winning it into account. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. I, I mean, yeah, it was it was tough because like with with the Sixers being in sixth place, I just was like, I can't give them Embiid and Simmons. But you know, to talking about kind of like uh, like going going back to earlier in the pod, talking about um, you know the a body of work. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun for all of us to watch Ben Simmons. Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam basically 
compete against each other for the next decade. I know Siakam, everyone's like, oh, Siakam's so much older. He's like two years older than those guys. We're good. Um, they, also have, they also have like none of them have experienced really being on a very bad team. They both, they all came into the league winning and they're like, we're going to win forever. Yeah, until that's a good they point. Um, cool. Uh, I think. Whereas like Trey's going to have to dig himself out of the gutter. You know what I mean? Trey's how Trey is now like on a, he's in that situation that AD was in for so many years where it's like, you're really good, but your team loses all the time. What is going on? Is it your fault? Whereas these other guys are not getting asked that question at all. You want to ask like the most time ever take. to reinvent himself is Andrew Wiggins <laughs> with the go with him getting traded to golden state. And then the pandemic happening. It's like, buddy, you have to look at yourself in the mirror for like four years straight. <laughs> it's rough. It's um, you. Well, what would and, you say for Wiggins is like the number, if you had to pick the number, like people in Simmons say like, he's got to get a jump shot or like Trey Young is like, he's got to defend. Like they have a clearly defined area for Wiggins. Is there a clearly defined skill that he needs to specifically improve on? Or is to there me, something to more me tangible? There is. To me, there's something very specific. Um, and it's that I'm pretty sure this is still true this year. It was definitely true at the end of last year for someone who has his amount of minutes at any position, which is weird to say because he's not a center or something, he runs the least in the entire league. Mm. He does not run the amount of space or distance or at any pace that any other player in the entire category that he's in minutes played. And, and I think that points to what people always say about him, but it's a demonstrable number of like, he doesn't try. He just doesn't try super hard. Like he's, he just has no hustle. So how do you learn hustle? I don't know, but it's, it's time for him to like bust his ass. That's mm-hmm. what I think. No, it's uh, it's, it's, it's good hearing that stat. Cause I always hate the vague, like he doesn't have it or he doesn't put in the time, but that, that, that's definitely like a ground covered on defense stat matters. Cause I know no, defense instance, and offense, he doesn't move that much. He just stands yeah. around doesn't get back on D in, in any kind of timely fashion. He is just, it's just, he's just easy. It's so Which weird to the, say, uh, but <laughs> the opposite of our boy, uh, who I think at one point was leading the league in like, uh, like miles traveled was Fred Van Vliet. Right away. Right. Yeah. At wow. one point he was like, yeah, Fred's run an extra marathon compared to everybody else. Um, it's hilarious. Let's uh is is there any more kind of all NBA thoughts? Any 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 award thoughts? Um looks like yeah. it's a lock for nurse. That's fun. What's that? Looks like it's a lock for coach of the year for nurse. That's the only thing about oh, that I care sure. about this time is it's fun. Although that's the most cursed award, right? But it, right. It, <laughs> is it a lock for 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 Nick Nurse? Do you think Daniel? I do think so. Yeah. I mean, between his performance in last year's playoffs going all the way to the championship and what he was able to do with such a, at various times, depleted roster. And even, I think that he's demonstrated that he's more his creative and adaptive schemes, whether they be on defense or offense. I think that he has really earned it this year. Yeah. Um, And all those other coaches that have good stories, guess what? (laughs) nurse has a box in one hoodie and he's wearing it in Orlando uh, and he's doing that to remind people of 
basically the zone hell they're about to enter when they play the Raptors. His brand is strong. His brand is strong. Man, you know, I think I already said this last episode, but I got no shame. I had a nice, beautiful single tear when when that Raptors video with Open Gym got released and the Black Lives Matter buses and they all were just like rolling out and uh, Nick Nurse had his guitar. Like, it was so funny to me that I was like, I, it, it was good. It was good. I'm a sports fan again, being weird. It's nice. You're a sports fan second and an Arkells fan first. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And the moment they're rocking at the amphitheater, I'll be spaced out. <laughs> rocking out too. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I feel like they're all such nice people and they're probably going to kick my ass now. Um, <laughs> oh, we lost, uh, lost Daniel again. Um, we can wait a minute probably. See if he, we, we can wait a on. tick. There you go. Oh, he's back. 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 You're back, back baby. baby. Well, uh, just in time, uh, do you guys want to do some quickish questions? Sure. Ooh. Hell yeah. Hey, Maddie. Heck yeah. Give me that quickish question sting. <laughs> quickish question. Close. Close? <laughs> You're on. Okay. It's on. Daniel, Miguel, Matt, you know what's up. Um, mm. I have to articulate these questions as best as humanly possible, but I will fail. I will stutter, slur, stumble. Uh, you guys can't phone a friend. You can't delay. You got to give me your quickest possible answer. Uh, let's go. Uh, Daniel, Miguel, Matt. Ready? Ready. Ready. Great. Okay. Uh, Daniel, okay. Um, best room service order after a win in the NBA bubble. Chicken fingers, or as they're called in America, tenders. Yeah, what's the tender deal? It's um, gross. Miguel. I'd rather eat fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like like Jack Reacher wearing a Herzog. Like, he's, ah. Um, okay, uh, Miguel. Uh, why did they set up the bubble like NBA 2K? Do they lack creativity? Are we living inside a simulation? I think I think they did it because it's been proven to work. People love the 2K stuff and they get so many viewers and it, uh, designing their own courts and stuff. And like uh, people are already used to watching that. I think it's just like building on a, a, a built in success already. OK, um, normal answer. This, I believe. Uh, OK, here we go. Matt, um, which yes, player will try to create space from their defender by fake coughing in their direction. Oh, I mean, I know he, he, yeah, no, like Draymond's not in, but if, if he were in, <laughs> oh boy, I think, um, turn your head and cough. Yeah. I think he grabs balls. <laughs> oh man. Who's going to do that? I feel like maybe, uh, um, don't phone a friend, Matt. You got to give it to me. Oh God. Uh, someone on Boston, hundred percent. Uh, who's the center on Boston that, that and his canter. Enos. Yes. Oh, Enos Cantor is a good yeah. He'd be like, I ate twenty Cantor. burgers, burps, and be like, oh. Burgers. Uh, and then he'd be like, I feel sick, and then everyone would be like, is it the burgers? Um, okay, uh, Daniel, uh, how many charges is NBA bubble Kyle Lowry going to draw season and playoffs? Uh, twenty-seven. Whoa. 
Correct. Uh, that's like two charges a game for sure going to happen. Um, Miguel. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, oh yeah, this, this is an all play. So uh, Miguel, you'll get this. We'll go. We'll go around the horn, and then I'll give you another question. Uh, okay. So everyone gets to think about this. Um, Miguel, what's the title of the eventual book that is released about the NBA bubble slash restart? Um, bubble Boys. B O Y Z. Oh, yeah. Matt, what's the, what's the title of the book? Uh, the title of the book. Don't um, stall on me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't buy, don't got, buy time okay. by thinking out um, uh, Inside the pop. Sure. <laughs> hey, sure. That's got a weird weirdness that I like about yeah. it. Daniel? The Fauci rules. <laughs> the Fauci oh, wow. Rules. And I'll cap it off with going, uh, I'll go with Mickey's Maze. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Miguel, uh uh, here we go. You're gonna have to follow follow me on this one. A while ago, a guy was arrested for impersonating a retired baseball player <laughs> using his identity to sell fake autographed balls. Mm-hmm. He even tricked his victims into lending him money. He never paid it back. The player was somehow, or sorry, the player was somebody that an average baseball fan wouldn't even know. It was Omar Oliveras, a very average pitcher who played in the majors or in the major for 12 years, didn't win any titles or awards. Which random NBA scrub would you impersonate if you wanted to run a similar scam? Oh, I would tell people that I was JJ Barea. <laughs> that That's might it. work I'm, out like hey, Gumay, hey look at yeah. check it out man <laughs> but a part of your deal is that you were balding and now are not that's that's fine. right i i spent all my money on plugs look at, this now. Look at me now i'm jj say, Berea. can i borrow uh, 50 bucks <laughs> if you were a bit more neatly like quaffed you could pull off a uh, carlos delfino i think like this um, like like check it out i'll, I'll get a quaff here Look at that. Oh, yeah. Now you need full, like, you need some makeup flares on the eye shape. <laughs> you're going to go full Delfino? If um, you're going to be Delfino, you need a widow's peak. <laughs> okay, this is the, uh, this is the, wait, is there, sorry, two questions. Okay. Um, Matt, this is your last question. Okay. Drake just sent scented candles to each of the Raptors players. What do you want to send to the Raptors bubble? What do I want to send? Um... Probably a sort of shawarma, like a big frozen platter they can put in the freezer. Sort of shawarma. I want them to feel at home, and nothing's going to make them feel more at home than sort of shawarma. That's a great answer, and we'll just make this last question and all play. <laughs> um, so, going off this uh, ascending the Raptors ascent, um, everyone think about a Raptor and which scent you would send them. Sorry, Daniel, you're going to get this question first. So, what scent of candle would you send? To each raptor's the question, but just pick one raptor and what what scent? Am I first? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, what scent? I would send um, Norman Powell a candle that smells like Gandhi Road tea because I heard that they're closing down, which is super <gasps> sad. They were a restaurant. Yeah, they're they're gone. They're done. Yeah, when I used to work down in Toronto, that would be the favorite lunch spot to go to. So really sad that they're closed down. Hopefully that family will, will be, and all the employees there will be okay. But I would send Norman Powell a Gandhi Roti scent again. Wow. Same for Miguel and I. I hope it's true, but I heard that 
one of the owners was buying Gandhi's to save it. Wow. That's oh, hope. cool. But, but you know this. what? I... Yeah, I'm not sure. Gandhi's roti gossip here. (laughs) Um, But that is that is sad news, and I hope that it is somehow saved. Um, Miguel, what scent and who? I would send uh, Marcus all a rosé scented candle. (laughs) Memories of the parade when he chugged an entire bottle of rosé, which I think you could only do if you are that size. Because rosé chugging, can you imagine chugging an entire bottle of rosé? That's horrible. But he likes it, so that's what he wants. And I, he showed us his preferences. I would send him a rosé candle. That's great. I love that. Um, Matt. Yeah. What scent and who? Well, I feel like it would have to be Serge Ibaka. And it could great be pick. it could be like a really nice fragrant kind of, uh, you know, brute mix I feel like he would he would wear a brute well, but it could also be a, a flavor uh, related to his show, and it could be just you know like a cow's penis or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the smell of a cow's penis. <laughs> um, but cooked, 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 cooked. Uh, yes, I'll yes, go. Yes. I'll go. Siakam, holy water. Oh um, wow! Or I mean, or just the smell of the uh, the communion. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's stale bread, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, super stale communion bread. Um, guys, that's that's it for the pod. Uh, thank you both so much. Um, you're incredible. Uh, you know, obviously it's a it's a it's a wild, uh, you know, extremely uh, difficult and enduring time. Uh, so I'm telling everyone feel free feel free to promote something or just say something. Um, but you know, we're we're cool people. We got stuff going on, so. Daniel, do you have anything, you know, you want to let people know about or just a message to the world? A message, uh, wear your masks. Um, No matter where you are, just wear your masks. And um, yeah, I hope everyone just uh, takes science seriously and (laughs) just try to take care of each other and take care of yourself too. Great advice. Um, I I 100% back all of that. Miguel, what's up? You you did have something go down today. You should promote. Yeah, I'll promote myself. I'm not going to approach the type of radical statements that Dan was saying. <laughs> um, I don't want to step in any hot water, any hornet. Sure, yeah, you play it safe. Yeah, you know, Dan. Dan is he play? He's out on the edge of the cliff, so I'm going to let That's him handle right. that. Right. I uh, today actually my my comedy group, my sketch troupe, Tony Ho, featuring Roger Bainbridge and Adam Niebergall. We uh, dropped our first season of our Tony Ho podcast on the CBC Podcast Network. I strongly recommend you check it out. There's more seasons coming. Uh, Wet Your Beak was season one. It's fully available, 10 episodes, sketch comedy podcast from the award-winning sketch troupe Tony Ho, of which I am a part. Check it out on Uh, Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell yes. And say that name one more time. but. Tony Ho, the podcast on CBC Podcast. Bada boom. Um, yeah, that's it for the pod. Uh, everyone enjoy watching basketball every day and every night. Because uh, I will. <laughs> It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. 